I'm Billy White. I'm Ethan King. And this is the Inside Out Archery Podcast. All right. This is Inside Out Archery Podcast, episode six. Episode six already, Ethan. How you doing, man? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Happy New Year, brother. Yep. Happy New Year to you. Yeah. Did you have a good celebration? You got to, you made it home to family. Our last talk, you were heading home for the holidays. You have like a 2,500 round trip drive that you're making right now. Yeah. So I went home for all the Christmas stuff and then drove up here to Iowa. Nice. You guys had a good Christmas and you're up there right now with your dad, right? In Iowa? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That is cool that he made the trip with you. Yeah, it worked worked out. Everyone else, uh, everyone else backed out on me. Uh, so we drove. He followed me up to uh, Indianapolis. Left his car at the hotel. I'm gonna stay out on the way back home, and then jumped in with me and rode with me the rest of the way here. So nice. That's cool. And we were just talking too. He likes to watch archery, which is kind of cool. So he's probably excited to see you shooting like that again too. Yeah, it had been a while. That's cool. Well, that's pretty awesome, man, to have that kind of support and stuff and him drive up there with you. That's pretty cool. So you made it up there with no problem. No problem. You, no, no. It took, what, a tank and a half of gas in the Prius for you to go all the way across the country? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> it's that's not. Pretty, load that bad it, boy down. Damn, McCarthy, yeah. be proud of you. It's not bad. It's. Uh, it doesn't have a it doesn't have a very big tank. So you end up, I mean, I can get about 300, 320 miles out of a tank, but a tank only costs you like 20, 22 bucks to fill up. So that's pretty awesome. You can reach into like the change and your center yeah, console so, and fill your tank up. So it's not bad. Uh, awesome. So you had everything loaded down. You guys rode up there. You made it yesterday. Uh, yeah, Friday. When did we? Yeah, Friday yesterday. Nice. No problems then? Got in okay? Yep, no problem. Is it snowing up there? What's the weather like right now? Oh, it's freezing snowing. Oh, is it really? Dang. Yeah, it snowed. Uh, when we walked over there this morning around, uh, probably got over there about 11, 30, 12, uh, there wasn't there wasn't any new snow on the ground and all the sidewalks and roads and stuff were clear and then uh i'd say about mm, one ish to 130 it came down and everything was covered so they had the snow plows and salt trucks out getting everything cleared up nice well that's that's a little bit of a change of scenery because we'll eventually get snow in pa we might have snow yeah. during the classic. We don't know yet, but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, I went up to a range. I want to give them a little plug. I drove about an hour from me in uh, Woodstock, Georgia, to Rome, Georgia, to a place called Titan Archery to check out this new little this little, new little range and shop and stuff up there. Mm-hmm. If anybody is in Rome or around Rome, it's worth the drive to go up there and check them out, support a small shop. They're doing leagues and stuff like that. And um, it's a pretty neat little facility he's got going on up there at Titan Archery in Rome, Georgia. I just want to give them a little plugs. They're very hospitable and very nice little place to go shoot and hang out for a little bit. That's a good name for it, considering the location. Yeah. <laughs> the um, Yeah, it's nice though, man. It, it's pretty cool. They got a good little operation going up there. They're going to be growing some leagues and everything else. But uh, let's get into, so you made it to day one. Today was day one for you. Shot at three o'clock. Yeah, I shot the uh, line out there. I shot the last line just... So I could, because I knew I wasn't going to get in till late on Friday. So that gave me this morning to sleep in and then warm up a little bit and go shoot. Smart. So let's talk about that real quick. Let's talk about for people listening. We're kind of going to cover the Iowa Pro-Am this weekend uh, with Ethan while he's up there and maybe see if he can snag somebody who wants to talk to us while he's up there. We'll find out. But tell us a little bit about, so you got there. What is practice like for you guys? And you're shooting in the pro class. There's a, they have a practice hall that you just go, you either pay, I think it was like, I don't know, it was either like five bucks a a time or you could pay $20 for the whole weekend. Uh, 
And when you pay $20 for the whole weekend, you get as many targets as you want. Oh, okay. So they just give you a little wristband that shows that you paid for the whole weekend. And then you just grab some targets when you go in and, and then so it's open. Is it like a 24 hour range that you can go? Or is it no, times? no, it, it opens at, I think they opened it at seven this morning, they said, and then they close it down at eight. So it closes pretty early. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So today you went in there, you got a little warm up, then you went and shot your line. So there's some people like to call it a little bit of strategy. Cause like, what was there? Three lines today, two lines. Uh, two, I think two lines. maybe three. Some people like to go in there and set the pace. I've talked to some people that like to go in, set the pace, shoot their scores, try and shoot their best score and put the pressure on the people on the next line. And then there's people that like to shoot the later lines and see what everybody in the first line did. Yeah. See where think, they kind of like stand. I think that works for a tournament like, like the Lancaster tournament, just because whoever, you know, you do set the pace of, of the, of the venue for, for that class. So if you go in and shoot a 660, well, you know that's going to be the top seed, so now everyone has to chase them. But in a tournament like this, where the first day is a five-spot round, well, if you don't if you don't shoot a three sixty, you really don't have a great chance of winning anyway. When it's like you you go to the line knowing that you pretty much have to shoot a three sixty to have any chance of winning the tournament. Gotcha. That makes sense. I know some people like to strategize and that's yeah, it's part of a strategy for some people. I, I think it's more of a, I don't know if it's so much a strategy form as is a mental process for them. Right. Yeah. So a tournament like this, it doesn't matter a whole lot. Uh, I mean, you could, you could do that at Vegas. You could do that at, I mean, you can't really do that in indoor nationals in a pro class either, just because you have to shoot a three, six, you have to shoot two, three sixties to make the shoot down. So, right. And when you get into the higher level classes, everyone pretty much already knows what it takes to do good. So, but yeah, good or some people, some people do strategize it. Some people would rather shoot early so they don't see any of the scores from mm-hmm. the previous lines, so they don't know. And then some people just don't care. Some so. people like to shoot early just because they feel like they shoot better early. Some people like shoot late just because they feel like a bit. I guess they shoot better late. I hate shooting early. I don't really get woke up till about noon. I know. Even if I wake up early, I don't really get, I don't feel like I'm woke up till noon. I don't even really eat till after 12 o'clock. So even at work, I don't think you're actually awake. I think physically you're there, but I think mentally you don't come alive until about noon. Yeah, no, I have an alarm set on my phone every day for 12 o'clock. So that's when I go eat lunch every day. And then after that, I'm usually alive and that's pretty good because then it feels like you only have half a day of work because really mentally you've only been awake for half of it. Exactly. Makes your day go by faster. I like it. And more strategy people feel free to uh, emulate that. So you so you got there, you shot. There's a lot of good shooting today. Um, yeah, a bunch of people shot good. Oh my gosh, yeah. Let's see. I have a list here. I can't count count them all, but let's see. You did make that top group, so you are. We'll, we'll, we'll just call it tied for first. Yeah. Right now. Um, because tomorrow is another day, another target. Today, you guys shot the five spot, mm-hmm. the uh, blue face, and it looks like I mean, Gaius, Gaius in there, Jesse's in there, Richard Bowen's in there, Louis Holmes just switched to elite. A lot of people know, and he's in there. So good job, good job. Yeah, he was team, on the uh, team elite. He was on the target uh, right next to me, so I got to, I got to talk to him a lot today, and sit and hang out with him oh cool we'll have to talk to him we got to try and get him on here and talk to him yeah he's cool dude he's a funny guy but that's awesome but you congratulations man you popped off this is one of your first big ones back and you popped off a a 60 today right yeah yeah nice somehow so i know we talked about before give us a little bit of a rundown of what your prep was like because i know when you were back home you were you had a buddy who has a range out there he built like this badass range in his garage that like, like when you turn on the lights, it's like heaven opens up and just angels are shining light down upon you and you can see everything. 
Yeah, absolutely. He built – I mean, it, it's just a garage that he uses like a garage, but he also shoots a lot. So he built it with the purpose to also shoot. And it's it's one of – it's the best lit range I've ever shot in. I mean, the lighting was perfect. He has – he had LED – he has LEDs in there and he has strip a strip ran all the way down where you stand to shoot. So you couldn't, you couldn't get any better lighting. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your prep going into Iowa. You went home, you relaxed a couple days, which I think is always good for people to do. Sometimes you got to take a day or two off from shooting. Yeah. I made it home on, uh, I, at like two o'clock in the morning on the 24th. Uh, and then I shot, Sunday afternoon, I didn't shoot Monday, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, and Thursday afternoon while I was home. Did you shoot any five spar? Were you shooting all Vegas? No, this is the first. Today for score was the first time I'd shot at a five spot target since like 2019. <laughs> So, I hate so you just been, oh you just been straight sticking to the Vegas faces though to get your reps in and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's and work on things. The the tendering on a Vegas face is the same size as an X on a five spot. So right. if you're consistently shooting three hundreds, then theoretically you should be able to shoot a sixty X, but I, I just hate five spot targets just because like on a Vegas face you have the little X that you're concentrated on and focused on. So I mm-hmm. you put a little bit more effort into shooting for me yeah, anyway. absolutely. And, then, and then on a five spot target I feel like I have that big x that you know you're stupid if you miss it that's basically what I tell myself and then you end up missing it because you just relax too much and don't put as much effort into the shot so I feel like I should I, practice it more but I don't I feel like shooting a 60x on a five spot is easier than shooting sometimes than shooting 300s on a biggest face just because mentally I'm not worried about having to hit the X. I'm just having to hit that 10 ring. And I think it's a mental switch. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite. I find it way harder to shoot a 60X on a five-spot face than to shoot a 300 on a three-spot face. Yeah, I find myself not worrying about an X count. So I think it it relaxes me in that set. Like, I still got to hit that quarter. But I think it relaxes me mentally. I'm not as worried about the X count at that point. Yeah, I don't know. On On a Vegas face... I mean, I am worried about hitting X's because that usually qualifies you or, you know, if you're shooting Mm -hmm. matches, then that's how you win matches. But see, I think I kind of have the opposite focus. Like, so I'm hyper focused on the X ring, but if I miss the X ring, well, I still hit a 10. So it's not bad. Right. On a five spot face, you have to hit that X. You, you have to stay in there to have a chance at winning that tournament. Right, and where, with this, this it, it's not like indoor nationals where like, where like once you make it, like you shoot you shoot solid days of 60Xs and then you go to, you know, they do a couple rounds and you go in the inside out. This is just, you just shot 60 arrows and it's done. There was no, they didn't do anything by inside out or anything, did they, for this? No, they just, they counted the X as a six instead of a, the whole white being a five. Oh, so gotcha. instead of it being, instead of it being a 300 round counting Xs, it's just a 360 round so it's basically i mean the same thing gotcha okay but so as long as you keep it in that in that 10 10 ring size you're good yeah Still, no they didn't do inside out doesn't matter out gotcha there. okay well that's kind of cool then so you just practice on vegas faces you were shooting you were shooting pretty good not quite what you feel like you want to but i mean you're shooting solid consistently no the last few weeks have been a struggle i feel like i really had to to fight to shoot the bow i had to work really hard at it to get yeah, it to do yeah. what i wanted it to do and we've all had those those days and those weeks but some days you I prefer, can change I prefer absolutely the days nothing. that it's oh absolutely yeah i didn't i didn't change anything from when i was shooting really good to when i started shooting bad but then i was consistently struggling with it so then i started changing stuff and then had to chase my tail and turn back around and change it all back uh but you uh pulled your head out. Yeah. Yeah. Getting that getting that headspace and timing back, which is awesome. So you went up there, you got that practice, you drove up there, you shot today and you shot pretty great. So give us a rundown 
I know we've done this before, but since you're uh, you're in there and you're shooting well, you're up there representing. Let's go over what you're shooting right now, equipment wise, for all this for the whole weekend. Uh, so this weekend I'm shooting my uh, an Altus, uh, Hoyt Altus. It's mm -hmm. probably around 64, 65 pounds right now. Uh, I did up that uh, to get more holding weight. I haven't measured my holding weight recently, so I don't know where that's at. But uh, Conquest bars, I think I got eight on the front and like 27, 28 on the back. 30-inch front bar straight out and a 15-inch back bar straight out the back off the top hole. Uh, Shrewd mini mag scope with a four-power feather vision, uh, 19 thousandths green uh, LP light, uh, Freak Show QD, uh, gold uh, gold tip triple X's cut it. They're like 27 and a half inches. Uh, with 250 grain points and the four inch AAE hybrid max vein. Nice biter knock still. Yeah, the 12 2 biters and okay. then the shooting the Stan uh, SX3. Oh, yeah, the unicorn. Oh, yeah, the unicorn. I actually nice. ordered us some. Uh, I think I was scrolling through Facebook on the way up here on the drive up here on yesterday, and uh, a guy was making. Uh, custom brass thumb barrels no so i ordered me and you uh two thumb barrels to go on them oh sick oh that's badass i like that extra weight well it's gonna i just got it to match the the unicorn the unicorn the talon yeah yeah people know we're talking we'll post another picture about that people know we're talking about but and you're running the ae freak show cutie yeah, the Freak Show QD with a 12,000 standard uh, blade. They make two different blades. They make a bunch of different blades. They have a short and a, like a standard length. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm shooting the standard length, narrow 12,000. Gotcha. Well, your setup's running pretty good. You're running, are you now, you did swap out your stops. Are you still running Bomar stops? Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. I do have a Bomar stop on. Cool. Which I don't. After talking to a few people today, I may possibly go back to the the factory stop. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Is I was bit, like, but... now that you've been up there with some of the other guys and seeing what they're shooting with their bows and their hoists and stuff, do you think you're going to make any changes or anything after this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. After because the the way that I the way that the bow is right, and it may just be. I just have to kind of shoot through it and it'll work itself out. But the way that everything feels right now, it's not sustainable to consistently shoot good. I'm having to work really, really hard to put arrows in the middle. So I would, I would like to try and figure something out that is easier that I don't have to work as hard at, but the bow make the bow do a little bit more work so I can, so I can make it, so it can make me look good. <laughs> gotcha. Well, that's good, though. That's good because uh, really it's just been – I mean, when I was up there, it was you and I shooting because you got there just before me, but you were on the road. Right. So really it was a lot of you and me shooting while I was up there and then you shooting up there because we're the only two that shoot in the class in any pro class out of uh, Lancaster. Uh, Howie shoots. Women's pro. Women's pro. Okay, Howie does too. Good. And then you got Casey, but that's recurve. Yeah, but we're the only two compound shooters, like yeah. men's compound. Yep. Hey, listen, Howie, she's going to tear it up. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. The, um, did you give Jesse some pointers while you're up there? Yeah. Yeah. I was telling him everything he's doing wrong. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. He likes no, some of that said, stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. Him and, uh, him and Gaius were on a bell next to each other on the line before me. So I sat back and behind them and watched them finish up and talk to them while they were nice. It's good to catch well, up. Well, they both them. had good rounds today, too. Yep. Gaius, Gaius was in talking to me. He was in the same situation I was in, just struggling, having to work for it really hard. So, Well, then I'm driving the bus, so I'll pick you two up in the struggle bus and we'll go figure things out together. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of time people don't want to hear hear you say you struggled when you shot a clean round. But, but it's true. It happens. Not they, everything is pretty. If I could videotape my sight picture, 
for that round, people would understand. Yep, I get it. It's not every, not every, all, you know, everybody posts the 328, 29, 30Xs and stuff like that. But what they're not posting is the yeah. 299s, 298s. Yeah, that's why the, I the 300s with like 18, 15Xs. That's why I don't post 30X games and 60X games. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll post pictures of a few 27, 28 games, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to post a picture of perfect targets when I shoot them and then come to a tournament and not shoot those. And then people want to know what in the heck happened when it, I mean, it's, there is people that shoot great scores consistently mm-hmm. all the time in tournament and in practice. I'm just right now, I'm not fortunate enough to be one of those. You just got to put more work into it, but I would rather, I'd rather when I do shoot a good score at a tournament for it to be to be viewed as a good score, not not oh, you know, he um, right. Well, I mean, like you said, you shot a sixty X day, it doesn't mean it was necessarily you shot a sixty X. That doesn't mean you shot bad, but it didn't shoot quite to your standard. No, and it, I mean it was a a clean target. I missed I missed my fourth arrow in practice and after or in the first warm-up, and after that, I thought it was going to be a long day. And then I had one close one in practice, and then after that, I really didn't have any touch the line much after that, surprisingly. Had a, had a few touching it, but nothing that was crazy. So I ended up shooting shooting better than what I thought I was going to shoot after the two warm-up ends. Gotcha. Well, that's good. Then you're able to come out clean for the rest of the yeah, day. So, so, so that's, that's awesome. Why my, that's why the picture of my target's upside down and crooked. I put my finger over the over the five. <laughs> At least you're honest about it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, well. We, hey, Jesse had one, too. I think Jesse posted something. Yeah, he, he had a miss. Yeah, and he, had he, he said uh, yeah, he had one in practice, too. But he didn't hide it because I think it was on the middle dot or something Yeah, like it's that. in the middle dot. No, when I walked up there and when I walked up there and looked, I seen that and I was like, "Oh crap, Jesse missed one." And then it occurred to me like twenty minutes later, "Ah, oh, that was probably in practice." Yeah, but there was quite a bit of surprise on uh, some of the guys here. A lot of there's a lot of fifty nines, fifty eights, fifty sevens. Yeah, man, the lighting up here is rough. So yeah, yeah there's just... already been some memes out about it about like shooting in the dark, pretty much. It's like shooting in London or yeah, like, like the practice. If they would have held the tournament in the practice range, mm-hmm. it would have been awesome because the practice range, the lighting is actually pretty good. And then you go out to you go out to where they're actually having the the scoring rounds, and it looks like like 2012, 2013 main arena Vegas. It's just dark. Mm. Not quite your buddy's garage. No, it's, it was very dark, which I didn't care because I don't like for my indoor target to be super clear anyway. So it didn't bother me, but uh, like uh, saw, Sawyer Sullivan, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Sawyer. Sawyer. Yeah, Sawyer. Sawyer. He came running off the line uh, a few ends in and swapped out his clarifier and his peep and then ran back up and finished the end. Oh, you must have man. I think, yeah, he shot a 359. And uh, I just thought that was funny. I mean, everyone was complaining about it and struggling with it. And I mean, it was dark. Don't get me wrong. If, if I'm used to shooting in bad lighting, though, because the only range I've ever shot in that has good lighting was my buddy's garage. Everywhere else pretty much sucks. So... Well, there's always going to be challenges. It's important, too, though, I think, for some people to realize that just because these are pro events doesn't mean they have – we have the best arenas and we have the best lighting. No, you know, I mean, so this, like, this tournament, I mean, even though it brought a bunch of big-name shooters here, I mean, it's a small tournament. So Yeah. But it's a good compared, warm-up to compared to others. Yeah. Oh, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maisie decided to run through and she hit a cord. Oh, nice. Yep. Uh, so give us one more, though. Give us a little bit now so that 
we're going out of this, out of the five spot. Now tell us about what tomorrow brings. So tomorrow is going to be a three-spot round. And I'm assuming, I don't know this, I'm assuming that it's going to be scored like Vegas where an X is an 11. And it's going to be a 330 round instead of a 300 round, just like they did the five-spot today. Right. So that's that's what I mean when I say, you know, all the anyone shooting the pro class knows walking into the day you have to shoot a 360 to have a chance at it. So tomorrow is going to be tomorrow is going to be where the placements where people start moving in the placement. So you're going to see all those that big block of ties for first separate pretty quick after tomorrow. So what's some of the strategy going into tomorrow then? I'm just going to try and put arrows in the middle of the target. <laughs> that's my that's all plan. you can do. Yeah. That's really all you can do. There's not much. So when do you shoot tomorrow? Uh, noon. Either 1230. I don't remember. I got to look again. Gotcha. But that's when everyone shoots. So the whole, the entire men's pro class shoots it at the same time. Okay. If you hit and then little... if there's... If you hear a little beeping noise, any... my phone's resetting because it's also my workstation. When she pulled the cord out, it pulled out everything for the phone. Then if there's any ties, they'll shoot tiebreakers. So I don't remember if they shoot tiebreakers for anything outside of first, second, and third. But So if there's any – for sure if there's any ties, first, second, or third, they'll, they'll have a shoot-off for those. Hmm. So are they doing a – are they televising any of this? No, there's no media, any anything here. There's just live scoring. I got you. <clears throat> Let's see. And I think that's on. Was it I at NSEO? Yeah, which I thought was. I thought that was pretty dumb because, I mean, in years past they've given us tablets here, but I guess because of COVID, we had to download an app and use our own cell phone. Oh, really? To do tablet scoring which i didn't really like because i had to i had to download an app and do all this stuff and use my own phone which i mean they did have a wi-fi service provided for us so we were on their wi-fi but okay, I, I was gonna really say because like i know indoor nationals one year there was like no service whatsoever like the wi-fi stuff was horrible unless you wanted to pay a bunch of money to to connect to it yeah and I, so I wasn't really a fan of that. I didn't think that was very cool having to use. Because the only, hmm. I mean, the only surface, I mean, the only thing that it served was updating live scoring. So there wasn't even a need for it really, other than people that want to keep track of it. But. Gotcha. Well, yeah, live scoring. I mean, I know people would rather see it live, but if you don't need to see it, I guess that's the only way for them to follow. Yeah, I mean, it was – so I only, I only ended up having three – there's only three of us on four. So we had one person keeping the unofficial, one person keeping the official, and then I was calling arrows and doing it on my phone, so. Oh, okay. Well, you guys had it worked out, so that's not too bad. So do you know – are they doing bail assignments or something, or is it random? Do you know where you're shooting tomorrow, who you're shooting with yet? Well, the so the last time I was here, they did – uh, group it, uh, peer group basically, like ASA at the Classic or whenever they do peer groups based off score. So I, much of us that shot 360, so I assume it'll just go alphabetical. And that's gotcha. on the that's the bail we'll be on. Uh, so you'll be shooting with a couple of good guys there. Yeah, if they do that, bad. shouldn't be too bad. Usually, I hate I don't. I shouldn't say I hate. I don't. I don't like the peer group bails just because it becomes more cutthroat. You know what I mean? There's if someone's arrow is a little close, typically inexperienced, those you know people are going to try every way in the world to call it out because yeah, I, they because they know you know okay we're all tied we're all shooting against each other. That's just the experience I've had with peer grouped indoor bales anyway. Yeah, 
Yeah, you get a lot of, especially in some of the other and I, other styles it's not of poetry a, too. I don't think it's necessarily intentional to be malicious. It's just human nature. You're going to try every way in the world to call that person's arrow out because that's your competition. You don't want to give them a give me, so you're going to you're going to say, ah, I don't know, I think that's out, and then. So there's going to be a lot of line judge calls tomorrow, I'm sure. That's what I was getting ready to ask. Are they allowing that, or are they wanting you guys to push through and make your own decisions? No, they have line judges for all that stuff. Nice. That's kind of important going into tomorrow. Which I hate. This is something I can say I hate. I hate line judges because 90% of the time they're old and can't see very well. (laughs) And it's like – I mean, I understand it. You can't, you're not going to have a bunch of young people wanting to run around there doing it. They're, if they're interested in archery, they're probably going to be wanting to shoot or anything like that or something like that. But yeah, in my experience, I've always had old line judges that it takes 10 minutes for them to get to your target because they're having to waddle over there and pull out their bifocals to see your arrow. <laughs> and then the magnifying glass. They got those bifocals that like, it just keeps getting longer and longer. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The lens keeps, keeps coming down, down telescoping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but their job shouldn't be now. I know a couple of judges. Uh, their job and everything I've ever talked to any of the judges, the official NFA judges, the USA judges that are higher up, it's their job isn't to call the arrow out. Their job is to try and give the archer every point they can. Yeah. So if they can't see definitive proof that it is out, then they should call it call it in but i mean that's up to them in the long run and then whatever they say is final yep yep there's not much you can do about it after that but their job isn't to try and remove points from people it's to try and be fair and give them all the points that they've earned so hopefully it goes well so we do let's see so you shot today there's a bunch of y'all today so you guys will be shooting um so anybody that didn't shoot a 60x today in the iowa program does that pretty much even if they clean tomorrow, does that mean they're pretty much done? No. I mean, so if someone shot a 59 today and shoots a 30X tomorrow, that's the same accumulative score as someone that shot a 60 today and shoots a 29 tomorrow. So then they would be tied. So it's overall X count? No, it's just overall total score. score. So if someone shot a 59X, so if someone shot a 359 today and and then shoot a 330 tomorrow, that's the same score as someone that shot a 360 today and then shoots a 329 tomorrow. So they would be tied. Okay. So, I mean, just – Then they'll do the line for shoot-offs. Yeah, just because you miss an X today doesn't, I mean, 100% mean that you're out, but it's, you know, harder because that's – those are points you don't want to give up because it's a big X. Mm-hmm. So, and it looks tomorrow, like, ooh, tomorrow is guys. where you want to, you want your points to come from. But gotcha. I see a few names down here that I'm, I'm pretty surprised about. Oh, dude, stuff. It's. I wonder what. Well, it makes me not that they shot, but I wonder what happened. Oh, it's so easy to miss. So easy. Yeah. Yeah, Rio down there. Rio's down there. Who else was down here? I saw. I mean, there's a lot, but Brady, that surprised me. Brady Hempton. Cole Frederick. But, I mean, it's not it was, an easy shoot. But, I mean, that's – I mean, an any, endurance so, shoot, five spot. So, anyone that shot a, a – 59 is not out because uh, – so, this is the same shoot format as the Midwest Open. And one year at the Midwest Open shooting pro, I shot a 59 the first day and a 29 – the second day and then was in a three-way tie for second and ended up getting third. Oh, I got you. So, I mean, you just because you missed one today doesn't 100% mean you're out, but it just makes it hard. You have to just shoot that much better tomorrow. So it puts a little bit more pressure on those guys. I mean, there's still pressure on everybody, but now they really know they have to be perfect. Yeah. Cool. So they do the and shoot. I don't think, I don't think anyone's ever shot a sixty and a thirty. I don't think it's been done yet. So you're saying there's a chance? I don't think anyone's ever done it. 
So that could, if that does happen, I'm not, I, I'm not going to look it up just yet, but if that does happen, that could be, um, that could, if somebody does do that, they probably potentially walk away with first. If somebody yeah. can completely clean it. I would assume if someone shoots, if someone that shot a 60 today shoots a 30 tomorrow, that's going to be your outright winner. I don't foresee the first time that it happens, there being a ton of people that do it. But I could be wrong. There could be a bunch of them. And then they can or run there could be none. Well, then the shootoff would be for second and third. Right. Kind of like Vegas, if somebody outright went. I think what when Paige won Vegas, I think they did the shootoff, but it was for second and third because she outright won it and she shot a 900. Yeah, so Something I mean, like if, yeah. if there's any ties within the podium, there'll be a shootoff for that place. So if someone okay. outright, if someone's outright first place, then then they're then they won, and then the shootoff will be for second and third. That's what happened the year that that I podiumed. Someone outright won it, and then we had to do a shootoff for second and third. Gotcha. So there's still a lot of excitement to come tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what are you yeah, doing? There's a, lot, there's a lot can still happen. You guys went out. You and your dad went out, had some dinner. Now you're relaxing back in the room, doing the podcast, getting ready for tomorrow. Yeah, well, with the snow, with with the snow, I wasn't sure. Because they, they're, like the main roads are, I mean, they're still like covered from where they scraped them. It kind of, you know, packs that bottom layer down, but they salted them good. So they're not slick. But, uh the parking lots and stuff they scraped but they didn't salt so they're pretty slick plus all the snow packed in around the cars where they scraped so i wasn't sure that the the prius was going to make it out of the parking lot so <laughs> we uh i just brought my bow back to the room and then we walked back down to the same restaurant that's down here by by everything and we ate down there but then i ended up coming back and i wanted to try and move uh I wanted to try and move my car in the parking lot because I was parked kind of on a little hill mm -hmm. and I didn't want to have to try and deal with that tomorrow getting it out. So I figured I'd try tonight and move it up to the flat part of the parking lot so I can get out easier tomorrow. But it, it got out just fine. I went to the gas station and then came back. So it did, it did a lot better in the snow than I thought it would. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's pretty impressive for that little, uh, that little Prius, man. It did good. It didn't have a single issue. <laughs> the only issue you run into there is ground clearance on snow. Yeah, you might be uh, shoveling. You might be uh, plowing the snow for them. Yeah. Depending on how much it is, I would be. That'd be wild. You're on the way there just plowing it. Everybody's behind you on the way. The Prius saves the day. Well, to salt the roads with the... So to put a, a salter on the Prius to be equivalent to these salt trucks, I would just have to go to Walmart and buy a salt shaker, duct tape it to the bumper. <laughs> just be dropping salt down the road. <laughs> just have your dad hang out with like a, a <laughs> yeah. spreader. Just hang out and go to the spreader, just <laughs> spreading ice. A yard hand crank fertilizer spreader. Just Yeah. <laughs> just Or just tie one of the ones, the, uh, the push ones behind the Prius. Oh, the yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and then let it spread and just have him refilling it and just ripping bags open and pouring it in. There you go. Yeah, because you can open up that back cab and be like a little hatch for him. Maybe get him like a little a buddy heater or something. Man, that's true. They they got me a uh, DeWalt heated vest for Christmas, and that thing oh, has been nice. awesome up here. Nice. Is that so? Is it battery operated or do you charge it? No, it's battery. It takes the same batteries that like the DeWalt power tools take. Uh, so it just has a little pocket on the back of the vest that you you plug the battery in and it just sits in that zip up pocket. Uh, oh, that's pretty. But then it has a it has heating pads. It ba it it's basically just like a heating pad you lay on and but built into a vest. So it has heating pads on both uh, both pecs on your chest and then one big long heating panel down your whole back. Oh. So it keeps you pretty in the single digits up here. And I, I only wore a hoodie and that vest and it was tolerable to walk around. So nice. You wear the vest over the hoodie. Oh, absolutely. Nice. I, I mean, it would work better if you put it under it because then the heat would be close to your body, but with it, because there's three different heat settings. So you got low, medium and high and on high, 
you can fill it through a hoodie. That's impressive. You could like warm up your breakfast burrito inside that thing. Hey, it works good. And then I put, so then my, so my, so my binoculars wouldn't be cold and my release wouldn't be cold after walking down there. I put hot hands in my bino harness and in my release pouch. So then my hand, cause then I wore gloves down there. So then my hands wouldn't get cold <laughs> while shooting. You can walk up to the line as gas if he wants a pop tart and then hear a ding and you just pull a pop tart out from underneath your vest. Yeah. They were making fun of me because I, I had my hot hands in both sides of my uh, binocular harness where you're supposed to put like wind checkers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I could just quick draw them out and hold them. Because, I mean, it it got cold towards the end of my line because there wasn't a whole lot of people left in there. So there wasn't as much body heat. So it got a little, for me, it got cold towards the end of it. So I was glad I had them. That's a good thing to have those little those little uh, those little handheld heaters and stuff like that, man. Those are always good to keep. I keep some yeah. in the truck and in my wife's car too. In case yeah, I usually keep a, them. I keep a bag of them in my car uh, just so I always have them. But they were nice today, being able to keep my release warm and my binoculars warm, so they weren't cold when I went to grab them. Not Ooh. that it was cold in the building, but I did that just from the walk from the hotel to the shooting center because it's yeah. It's probably, I don't know, three, four hundred yard walk, maybe. That's not too bad. That's what I was going to ask you is if it was cold in there, what was the weather? What's the temperature like inside the shooting arena? I don't, it wasn't cold. I mean, a lot of people were saying that it was hot. So I got a little chilly at the end of it. But hmm. I actually, I had two of those hot hands in my release pouch. My release got so hot from them that it was too hot to almost hold. So I had to take one of them out. <laughs> eating up the metal yeah it was it got hot and they're working overtime that's impressive for those things it was, well, it was you, pretty impressive well i mean everything that happened I mean, you shot you shot fairly well today you've got tomorrow going yeah um, i was you got a good group uh, of people in that top top tier right now you could i couldn't ask for for today to have went any better considering how horrible it felt i just had to work really really hard to to shoot my bow today so hopefully hopefully i wake up in the morning and feel it goes a little better and shots go a little smoother i actually let down a couple of times a day which is kind of abnormal for me well it obviously paid off yeah let down i just paid off it doesn't make sense to shoot a shot that you shouldn't shoot so i just made myself let them down and then told myself only pansies would miss that big X, so I made myself put them all in there. There you go. Yeah. Pansies. <laughs> anyway, hopefully everybody on the other half of this list isn't listening. Then. All right. So, <laughs> so you shot well. You did that. You got tomorrow. This should be a pretty good – we were talking about this before, though, using this as kind of like a um, see what's your new equipment because you just started shooting the Altus this year. Yep. And um, kind of giving you an idea of how you felt like the bow handled under pressure. Because uh, some people, like when you practice with a bow, you might be able to shoot it great. But once you're under pressure, things react a little bit different. Uh, any, yeah, thoughts on, any thoughts or I ideas on how it actually held up under pressure in this? I didn't I didn't get nervous at all today. I didn't feel any, any pressure. Actually, my, my last arrow of the day felt like my best shot of the day. It felt the strongest, the cleanest, the most like my shots normally feel. So that feeling that I was able to keep it together or make it work through the whole tournament and get, get to the end and then not miss. So I just made sure right. that that last shot was good and strong. And it, it was the best feeling one of the days. So as far oh, as nerves, I, it didn't really – I didn't get nervous today. It was just more of a struggle feeling than – than anything well that last shot of the day feeling like that's good for me when i have that my last shot of practice or shooting or in a league or anything that term whenever my last shot feels good it's always a confidence booster going into the next day or going to my next round or my next shoot yeah today was definitely a confidence booster going into tomorrow just from how hard i did have to work at it and it the results still were pretty good so Heck yeah. Good deal. So you shoot at, you said you think noon tomorrow? 
Yeah, around there, I think, which I'm an hour behind you, so it'll be one o'clock. One, one o'clock here. here so, time, yeah. so you're going to get some practice in beforehand? Yeah, I'm going to go over there and uh, probably shoot a few ends of practice over in the practice hall, and then, which I'm not going to move my site because I had to re-site in in there. So I'm just going to go in and warm up and shoot shoot my bow just to get loosened up. and Because uh, of the lighting. After you. Yeah, because of the lighting. But after you walk in there, your bow is mo friggin' cold, so it has it has to warm up for a little bit. So I'm gonna get over there probably a little earlier, so it has time to warm up. That affects a lot of things, temperature. Yeah, and I hate using those bow storage places at indoor tournaments. I don't like leaving my bow there, so I always take it back with me. But I also hate taking my bow in and out of a case. So it would stay warm if I would leave it in my case. Then I'd have to put yeah, it together. I'm horrible about that. If I'm apart. going on a, on a trip where I have somebody else come with me or have enough luggage, like when I head up to Lancaster, I'll take my bow apart and put it in a in a case, you know, because I got a bunch oh, of yeah. other stuff like suitcases. But when it's just me and I'm traveling and I'm going to a term or something, then I'm I'm horrible. My bow typically goes in the back seat, and that's it. Oh yeah, we were the same way. We never, if there was even three of us going, we would flip up one half of the back seat of the truck and just. Uh, put hoodies or blankets in between the bows and just stack them in back there and not use bow cases. Check when you get there. Make sure everything's still good. But no, I hate, I don't, I don't like using bow cases. I just don't like taking my bow, bow apart every time and putting it in there. Especially once you have it like set and it's going good. I feel like taking it apart. I'm like, nah, something's going to change. So, but I do have to take my case over there tomorrow because I got to check out of the hotel in the morning before I go over. So I have to take my bow case over there anyway, but I'm not taking my bow apart tonight to take it over there. So I'll just wheel it over there while I carry my bow. Gotcha. So you know, so well, you're gonna check out and leave your car at the hotel. You're saying? Yeah, I'm. So I'm gonna. I'll put my my bag, like my clothes and everything, in the car. Walk over there and shoot, and then put my bow in the case over there, and then walk back over to the hotel because there's not really any good parking really the all the best parking lots for this shoot are the same walking distance as my hotel parking lot so it, it wouldn't make sense to move my car yeah so i have a question that i need to know for indoor season and that is do you have any snacks on your oh, absolutely. what do you what do you got in your quiver while you're on the line uh, so today I had uh, some of those caramel hard candies, like Werther's Originals. Yeah, those exact oh, ones. Yeah. Yes. So I had those. I had an Arnold Palmer uh, tea lemonade. Yes, because you have that Kafaru pouch. Yep. I had uh, some trail mix uh, that my neighbors uh at my mom and dad's house they make a big tin of it and give it to us every year and it's always the best it's just like peanuts and chocolate chips and uh raisins and stuff but it's i don't know i just like it so i got that ziploc bag of that and uh, even though we talked about this and we both agreed it was a bad idea i also had a coke with me Ooh, but you did it huh you went and got yourself a coke well, I mean, they are screwing people at the at the concession stands here. I went and got a chicken strip basket and two waters, and it was $17. So, well, I was, they should be able to afford better lighting next year. I was trying not to go over there very much, and when I – I went back to get another drink because there's not any places to walk to to get a drink outside of there close. So drink. Uh, and all they had was either Coke, Diet Coke, or Sprite. So went with Coke. Some guys, I think, was it, uh, I don't know if it was Jeff Rainey, which Jeff Rainey's another one that just made a big bow switch this year, and he's doing well. He went from PSC to Matthews. Think he, yeah, he's in that top. Yeah, he shot too. a 60 today, yeah. Yeah, but he's been shooting on fire. Did you see his – I mean, the other day he shot with a wrist strap 
because he forgot his release or something. Shot a sixty or a thirty X Vegas round. Nice. He's been shooting really well too. The, the switch has been really good for him. But uh, now I forgot what I was getting ready to say because I thought about that wrist rep thing and swapping from that to your wrist rep in my head and how he was able to still do that is pretty cool. No, I think you're gonna say something about drinks. Ah, yeah, I don't remember that either now. Okay, cool. It must not have been that important. Oh, yeah, I do. It was either him or uh, um, Boyer or something like that that was talking about they were they were hopped up on Mountain Dew or Munsters or something to try and shoot and practice while they were nervous or something like they were anxious. Hmm. I think, but I've talked to Robert before, Householder, and he thinks it doesn't affect him at all. I think he'll, he'll drink Red Bull White shoot and he's just calm as can be. I think it depends on how much of it you consume or your body type or something like the way it reacts to caffeine. They like were I could have a pot of black coffee right now and go to sleep just fine. Yeah, I'm the same way. Caffeine doesn't affect me. I can I can drink anything caffeinated before bed and still go to bed just fine. They were selling uh, beer at the concession stand. Thought it'd be frowned upon on the line, but it was a it was a thought. Walk out there with the beer can and the Marlboro hat. Well, after the first practice in, I was really contemplating going and getting one because I thought it was going to be a long day. But You run into Jesse over there. Yeah. <laughs> you too? Yep. 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 We all both turned that around, though. Yeah, That's thankfully. Cool. Well... I think um, hopefully tomorrow, hopefully you're able to get a little rest. Tomorrow goes really well for you. We'll we'll check back in with you tomorrow, too, and yeah, uh, see how I things are get, going. Uh, I need to get your dad's number so I can text him while you're shooting. And, and I can find hoping, out I can, hoping I can get out of here all right and make it back to Indianapolis. i got to be back at work on Tuesday, so that gives me tomorrow to get back to Indianapolis to get to that hotel, and then Monday to make it back to Pennsylvania. So, And that's a, what, 11-hour drive, 10-hour drive? From where? From Indianapolis or? Uh, from Indianapolis to Lancaster is like eight hours. Oh, eight hours. No, it was like yes. for you to go from PA to home, how long was that? From Pennsylvania to Kentucky was 10. That's the one I'm thinking of. So that's not, yeah, you got an eight-hour drive. So, yeah, but Indianapolis ends up being almost halfway from Des Moines to Lancaster. Gotcha. Well, hopefully tomorrow goes well. We'll be rooting for you. Well, uh, well I appreciate I'll it. I'll be checking scores and stuff like that. Yeah. I'll be texting you. I'll be, uh, like I said, I'm going to get your dad's number. I'll text him yeah. while, you're, while you're shooting and stuff so he can keep me updated. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, we'll be rooting for you, man. So we want to wish you best of luck. And well, I appreciate we'll it. We'll check back in with you tomorrow. If we get a chance tomorrow, Monday, we'll do another podcast and see how everything goes. Yep. Yep. We can we'll do it or now. do it. We can record one. I'm driving on the way home. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea, too. Yeah, we might do that. Uh, so, Keep hopefully, we'll see you stand there, man. Just shoot your shot. Do what you've been doing. Uh, and we'll talk to you, yeah, probably tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. We'll talk All to right, you later. Man. Yep. Keep them flying, bro. Bye. See you.